Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. It's time now for a China perspective where we take a look at headlines coming out of China. China revisiting their conscription law to the country, increasingly barring people from leaving, including foreign executives. What exactly is going on here? Well, let's talk about these headlines with Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. I'm doing okay. Recovering from uh, the Raya celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you must have quite a lot of visiting to do. Um, yes, indeed. Oh my gosh, uh, so much fun, so much food to eat. Uh, but mm-hmm. let's talk about these headlines. Good gosh, uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping speaking to his Ukrainian counterpart Vladimir Zelensky by telephone last week. Were we expecting this phone call? And I suppose the same question comes up again. How crucial is China looking to place itself in terms of, uh, you know, a role to end this war uh, between the Ukraine and Russia? Oh, it was long expected uh, after President Xi Jinping visited Russia, I think more than a month ago. We were actually expecting some form of uh, chateau diplomacy, perhaps not by uh, President Xi himself, but certainly, let's say, by his uh, foreign minister between the two warring sides of uh, Ukraine and uh, Russia. And that kind of expectation was, of course, uh, fresh from uh, China's uh, very successful uh, brokering of the resumption of diplomatic ties between Iran and uh, Saudi Arabia. So China suddenly became like the go-to uh, country in terms of being, uh, you know, the mediator. Mm. So that's why there was this expectation. Yeah. Quite interesting. I, I mean, um, I suppose it comes back down to, the. We, I mean, we talked about the expectation and the role that they're playing and, and, and how crucial it's going to be. But have we examined the why? I mean, why does China want to work so hard to mediate this process. Is there a driver here? Well, number one, of course, as I said, China would like to nowadays uh, making itself a renowned, a credible uh, diplomatic player on the international stage uh, on par with the United States. So mm. that's one thing, prestige and so on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are more practical sides uh, to it because China, well, it's uh, traditionally very good uh, shall we say, friends or even allies to both uh, Russia and uh, Ukraine. Let us not forget, for example, I mean, we, we saw a lot of this uh, trading between China and uh, Russia, uh, the oil and gas and, and so on. But let us not forget, for example, China's uh, first aircraft carrier was actually from Ukraine. And they have a lot of uh, trade in terms of foodstuffs and, and so on. So I think China sees an interest uh, in, you know, if it could be the peace broker, then both countries would be thankful to it, right? And then therefore they will enhance the relationship with China. Yeah. Now, it sounds great. PR point of view, and especially if they can succeed. But is there anything stopping China from succeeding other than Russia saying, I don't want to talk to you? Well, I, I think both sides of uh, the Ukraine uh, crisis, uh, they are sort of doubling down on their respective positions, both uh, physical as well as uh, posturing. For example, I think it's very difficult to persuade Russia to let go of those uh, eastern Ukrainian territories, not to mention the Crimea. On the other hand, uh, I think the Ukrainian side is very insistent upon recovering those lands. So 
it would indeed take very skillful diplomacy to try to uh, reach some sort of a middle point here. Mm. Uh, Dr. O, let's talk about the uh, conscription law that's being revised. Uh, What can you tell us about this and, and what's the rationale here? Well, the main revisions appear to be, uh, for example, uh, they would now from now on uh, focus on recruiting more college graduates or university graduates as soldiers, as opposed to previously, perhaps uh, you know you don't need to go to university to join the the army, the armed forces, right? So they are now making a priority in, in uh, recruiting what they would call high quality soldiers. And also, I think during wartime, they are expecting that uh, those uh, skilled uh, veterans to go back to their respective units uh, to serve uh, again, uh, even if they have left uh, the the armed forces. Yeah. Mm. Well, what's the message they're trying to send here? Is it uh, potentially anything to do with uh, the Taiwan conflict? I'm I'm not sure about specifically Taiwan, but I think uh, China is uh, expecting that, you know, tensions in the region would uh, heighten Mm. and thereby war is a distinct possibility. That would, of course, include across the Taiwan Strait, yeah. Okay. Uh, Dr. Oh, um, there's this interesting development. Uh, according to three people familiar with the matter, a person prevented from leaving China this year is a Singaporean executive at a U.S. due diligence firm, Minsk Group. This is in relation to uh, China barring people from leaving the country, including foreign executives. What is going on here? What kind of uh, due diligence are they up to? Well, I think in recent months, uh, China has been a bit iffy about this. Uh, Even foreign audit uh, firms, you know, the big four and so on, doing audits on its its large corporations, especially those uh, state-owned enterprises. So this sort of, for example, due diligence investigation uh, firms Mm. would also, I think, sort of targets for China's um, on investigations as to what exactly they are doing. I think China is not very happy that, uh, you know, like, for example, if uh, some other foreign firms would like to do business with China, they don't trust uh, China's uh, on audit firms or China's on due diligence firms and so on. So it's somewhat of a posturing. Uh, Dr. O, from your perspective, what, I mean, what does it say? It's a bit jarring, like, because the first thing that caught my attention, and maybe you can help me out as a, as a bit of a layman, right? First thing that caught my attention was, hey, wait a minute, you, you, you as a country are showing that business is open now post-COVID, yet you've got all these restrictions still happening. Could it potentially, and this is from an economic point of view, potentially deter people or, or keep people on a sort of a wait-and-see approach where, where business with China is concerned? Well, business is open, but business is open on my terms, right? Ah. (laughs) I think we are seeing an increasingly, well, some people will use the term strident, I would just say confident uh, China uh, in terms of, for example, trying to rewrite some of the rules, trying to set its own rules and so on. And I think from its perspective, the the least that it it would like to see in terms of uh, all these dealings with foreign uh, businesses is such that the foreign businesses would trust China. So I think they are sending that signals uh, rather strongly, yeah. 
All right, we've been speaking with Dr. O.A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, as always, appreciate your time. Take care and have a great Tuesday evening. Thank you very much indeed. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.